Hello, you beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Hope Wellness Podcast. My name is Marissa, and I'm very excited to get back on the podcast train. It's been a little bit. We've taken a little bit of a break, but everyone needs a break now and then. So I am super excited to have our first guest back. Um, She's very, very special, and I think it's a perfect way to kind of restart the podcast and get the juices flowing again. Um, I want to welcome Janelle Lene to the episode today. She's so amazing. She inspires me and I'm super excited to kind of dive into things with her today. Um, She is the CEO of Next Level Confident. She's a confidence coach and she's the best-selling author of Flex Your Confidence Muscle, which is an amazing book. I am so (laughs) in love with it. And she's also an international speaker for companies like Zoom, Pinterest, and Cisco Systems. Welcome, Janelle. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. Yeah, I'm super excited too. It's funny how we got connected, weirdly enough, from um, a mutual friend that I met in Tulum, Daniel, and he connected me with you because I was also interested in writing a book. And so you really inspire me to, yeah, essentially like level up my confidence in what I'm able to do. And that's that's what you're doing for other women, which is so so needed especially nowadays um so yeah I would really just love to share your story with the audience like what led you here what kind of got you so passionate about teaching women and everyone about confidence yeah well thank you again for having me and I feel the exact same way about you I love going to your page to get inspiration and just to feel like so much better about my body. And I love how you're just so vulnerable and open and just really empowering women to love their bodies exactly as they are. And not that you need to like fit into a certain size to be beautiful. And so I just like the work that you're doing is so crucial. And I love looking at your stuff for inspiration on that end. And then also like business inspiration where I'm like, Ooh, that was a really good post. How could I, how could I use that and make it for my audience and stuff like that. So everything you do is just on point. And I, I just love following you and it's fun finally getting connected face-to-face here um, for the podcast. So yeah, to share a little bit about my story. So, um, you know, I feel like often it's our pain in life that propels us towards our purpose. And for me, that's very much what is true because it's like, you know, I, I actually always looked like a really confident person on the outside. Like, um, growing up, I was always like a social butterfly and, um, you know, like really look like I had it all together on the outside. And obviously, I mean, as a little girl, you're like, you you know, you haven't really been through anything yet or whatever. But as I went into like middle school and high school, especially in college, like that's when I really started to wrestle with low self-worth, but like no one would have known. Like I was the girl who was like charismatic and fun and outgoing. And like, so it didn't really present in the way that a lot of people might like think of maybe low self-confidence. And I think that that's why like, my messaging helps a lot of people because it's like uncovering. It's like, you could look like so confident and happy and be like that girl on the outside, but that doesn't tell me anything about what's happening on the inside of you. That doesn't tell me about your thought patterns. That doesn't tell me how you talk to yourself. That doesn't tell me how happy you are. Like that doesn't tell me anything, you know? And so I think, especially like in the social media world that we are in. It's like so crazy to see, like I work with a lot of influencers for like coaching and just within my uh, Confident Life Academy program. And it's so wild to me. Like when I'll have conversations, it's like, there's even influencers that have like hundreds of thousands of followers that like, 
you know, come to me and tell me about their low self-confidence. And so it just goes to show like you can have a large following or you can, you know, have a big smile on your face and be outgoing and be great at networking or whatever, but that doesn't mean that you're actually confident. And so that's kind of what it was for me is that I was the person who like seemed like I had it all together on the outside, but I talked crap to myself constantly on the inside. And it was just like a constant negative inner dialogue and constant comparison, constant people pleasing. And, um, yeah, just really feeling like I wasn't enough. And at the same time, feeling too much, like all at the same time. So the, the story really is that, okay, just to, to share it quite as quickly as I can, as, as like where it all came from, but basically I was homeschooled from kindergarten till third grade in upstate New York. And then I was like begging to go to public school. Cause again, I was a social butterfly. So I went to public school for fourth and fifth grade. Then I ended up going back to homeschool for sixth grade for one year Then I went back to public school in seventh grade, and then we moved the summer between seventh and eighth grade to Colorado, and I really didn't want to move. Like I told my parents, I was like, hey, I'm actually like not moving with you, so um, (laughs) thank you for the invite. I really appreciate it. It's so sweet of you to invite me, your 13-year-old daughter, to come with you, but I respectfully decline. Um, but yeah, I was definitely 13 going on 30. And so my parents just obviously laughed and were like, get, get in the car, we're, we're moving. And so <laughs> like, what? But I still like look back. I'm like, that's so hilarious to me that as a 13 year old, I like, I had to sit down with my best friend and, and you'll read about this in the book to anyone who ends up this part. Like, you probably know, cause you read my book, but I literally talked about, how I was like, sat down with my best friend's mom, Mary. And I was like, okay, Mary. So like my parents are moving and I need somewhere to stay. So like, I know you have a couple extra rooms in the house and some of the kids have gone to college. Like I had like this whole real conversation with her. Like, and this is totally going to work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, this is such a good idea. Like I don't, there's, I don't see any hiccups that could possibly okay. go wrong. And I'm like, okay, mom, dad, I'll come and visit you. Like, you know, the next five years before I go to college. And then I was like, I'm going to go to Cornell university. Cause we lived upstate by Cornell. And anyway, so I do think the move was probably like, um, probably a part of me, like, you know, uh, starting to have like darker thoughts and more negative inner dialogue. Um, I don't like blame my parents for that or anything like that. I think moving also has made me really resilient and has made me really like, um, comfortable with change, which is amazing. And I think like as an entrepreneur, I think if you move a lot when you're younger or things like that, like certain things can really set you up for success for entrepreneurship, for example. So, um, I'm definitely, at this point, I'm able to find like all the reasons why it's helped me. But at that time it was like devastating. And, um, I think that really that's when the dialogue of like, I'm different than everyone else really set in because I already had that within like the whole, like homeschool public school thing. Like I was like, Oh, like all the homeschool kids I hang out with are super nerdy. And then I go hang out with all the public school kids and I'd be like, Oh, they're all so cool. And like, so smart. And a lot of them had like older siblings that taught them like naughty things and stuff like that, you know, that I didn't know about. And so, um, yeah, so I feel like that, like that was with like the beginning of me starting to say like, you're other, you're different. So then moving to Colorado, I would tell everyone like, I'm Janelle from New York. I'm Janelle from New York. Like I was always trying to make sure they knew I was not from Colorado. Cause I thought Colorado was like, well, I did move to a literal cow town, Greeley, Colorado. So it's like, I was like, I'm not like you cow town people. Okay. Just know I'm from New York. 
um so yeah anyway really just is like me telling myself that you're not like anyone else you're super like you're different you go to hang out with the homeschool kids you're like oh I'm not like them you go hang out with public school kids you're like oh I'm not like them you go to I want to go to church I'd be like oh I'm not like the girls at church and then I go to move to Colorado I'm not like the people here so I was kind of always like trying to separate myself and it's interesting how like ego works too because it kind of was like a two-way street and that's what's so crazy about low self-confidence is it also can mask as like really high self-confidence in certain moments too. Cause it was, it would be like, you know, I'm better than all these, these Colorado Greeley people, you know, and, and other moments being like, Oh, I'm a piece of crap and everyone hates me and I'm really annoying. And like, no one ever wants to hang out with me. Um, so yeah, it was that negative inner dialogue for like so many years that really had me start to think about disappearing. And I was like, I think at first I thought of it as kind of like this cute little, like um, I don't know, like, I, I feel like in some movies growing up, I don't know if it was Mary Kane Ashley or not, but they, they like, like run away from home, you know, and I'd be like, I'm gonna be like Mary Kane Ashley and just run away from home and like start a new life or something like that. Um, but then it kind of started to get like darker where I was like, well, I don't know if running away is going to be good enough. Like maybe, maybe I need to like actually disappear, you know? Um, and so then, I, yeah, then I, I think I started to think kind of almost like the Tom Sawyer, like faking your own death kind of thing. Like, I think that it's like, I kind of started to play with different dark thoughts. And it's like, the more you allow yourself to play with dark thoughts, the more they spiral darker and darker and darker, because you're like giving your brain permission to really go there um, and never processing it like with anyone out loud or never like bringing the darkness out in the light. You're just literally like laying in bed at night, ruminating and like beating yourself up and thinking dark thoughts. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of where I started to get to where I started to think, well, maybe I'll just like maybe I should not be alive anymore. Like maybe I should, um, take my own life, you know? And then I started to play around with like ideas of self-harm and, um, you know, playing ideas with like, how would I do it if I was going to do it? And so it was like, it's like, again, it's so crazy. Cause it's like literally just thoughts I had laying in bed at night, but then every waking day by day, I was like fun, happy, cool. Like, you know, I actually was pretty popular and had a lot of like popular friends and was kind of like popular girl and things like that. So it's like really crazy that, you know, I, I live such a double life really, I guess. And I didn't even really admit any of this stuff to myself until years later, even like, cause again, it's so like, they're kind of such small little moments of like insidious little thoughts. And it's so easy to just be like, Oh, well, whatever, like ignore that, you know? And I think we often ignore our, our thoughts, even if they're little ones, like passing by the mirror and being like, oh, he look fat. Like there's like little moments, there's like micro moments where we have these little thoughts that just like pop in there. And a lot of times we immediately try to like ignore them, which is like where these things start to build in our subconscious mind. Um, and that's what was happening for me. It's like all these, this darkness was like building in my subconscious mind, even though in my conscious mind, I didn't, wouldn't have said like, I'm having a problem with you know, self-harm, or I wouldn't have said that out loud if anyone had asked me, or I don't know, it was like so off my radar of reality. So yeah, then I, um, then I started to think about that stuff, but then I didn't really want to like actually take, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I was like, oh gosh, I don't want to actually like take my own life. Cause that would be like really bad. And people might be mad at me if I do that. And so then I was like, well, what if I died of like a natural cause um, and then ultimately I started to think like, maybe I could die in a car accident or something like that because then no one could be mad at me. Um, yeah. So it's like really heavy and 
Um, so after, like, I actually started to believe in my, in my like subconscious mind for probably about eight years that I was like destined to die in a car accident. Like I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to die young. Like I am meant to die young. And it's wild. Cause it's like, the more I've shared this on like speaking engagements and podcasts and stuff like that, like it's crazy how many people have reached out to me and been like, Oh my gosh, I've never told anyone, but I always had this thought I was going to die young of cancer. I always thought I was going to die young of this or, and I think sometimes if your family talks a lot about like death, or if you've had someone die early in your life, or if you, um, I don't know, like it's like come up before where someone's like, Oh yeah. Like I had a friend who died young in, in middle school. And so I always thought maybe that was what was supposed to happen to me too. And, Sometimes people don't know where it comes from. So anyway, I guess the first thing I'll say is if anyone's listening right now and you do have any of those types of thoughts, I think it's really important to bring them out into the light. Like even though you're not necessarily, um, I guess I would use the word, like it doesn't mean you're suicidal if you have those thoughts, but it's more of like a, I think, I think I've heard um, therapists say it's like passive suicidal thoughts. So it's not like you're necessarily like planning anything, but you're just having like lots of thoughts around like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to die or, or die young, or will I die today? Or will I get in a car accident? And just like having that fear around death instead of feeling freedom from that. Um, I would just really encourage you to bring it out into the light, whether that's to like a therapist, or maybe you have a, like a safe family member, you could tell, but just know that the more you keep your dark thoughts to yourself, the more that they grow and become darker because you're like building shame and building, um, yeah, you're just building like shame. Honestly, the main thing is like, there's shame around these types of conversations. And so when you start to bring it out, then it loses its power. Like that's why I think journaling is also so powerful is because you're starting to look at the things that you're thinking. And then you're like, okay, wow, that's not true. Like you're able to look at it more objectively instead of emotionally. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would encourage people to do is, and then if you haven't, obviously I hope that you most, I hope every single human being listening has never had any of these types of thoughts, of course, but I would just say like, what are the dark thoughts that you're wrestling with that you maybe like, haven't ever given yourself permission to even acknowledge because it's too like embarrassing or too shameful to be like, Oh, I've had this weird thought before that I'm ashamed of. And it's such micro moments of passing. Like it's so such a fast little thought, you know, that you might not really have ever, brought it into your conscious mind to be like, wow, sometimes I think this thought and that's really dark or that's really mean, or that's really negative. Like, I don't like thinking that about myself. I don't like how I'm speaking to myself. I think again, just bringing it out and sharing it with someone, um, writing it down in your journal, like start to like bring it out of your mind and bring it to somewhere where you can face it head on. And I think that's really the first step to actually overcoming it is that acknowledgement. Totally. Yeah, that self-awareness piece of it, right? Because like you said, it's so easy to, we're so immersed in our own narrative and in our own story that we're telling ourselves that it just, it's like second nature. And so, like you said, that self-awareness, that reflection and just acknowledging it and that can go hand in hand with anything coming up, right? Whether it's negative, dark thoughts, whether it's body image stuff, food thoughts, like something that I always talk about too with, you know, women in my circle is just acknowledging what's coming up and almost like just validating it. Right. Cause that mm-hmm. is, is real. Like you were saying. Right. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And again, it's such little moments and you've been with you for so long. Like one example that I talk about in my book is like, I remember the first time I went to a friend's house and I remember like my family, if I remember this all correctly, I'm like, I think it's like my family ca- always kept our ketchup in the fridge. So I always thought that like ketchup should be kept in the fridge. And then I went to a friend's house and I like, they're like, yeah, we have ketchup. And I was looking for the ketchup 
and I couldn't find it in their fridge. And they're like, oh, we don't keep ketchup in the fridge. Like it's in the cupboard. And I'm like, I'm like, how could you keep it there? Like, won't it go back? Like to me, that was like keeping milk in the cupboard. Like you can't keep milk in a cupboard. Like it's going to go bad, you know, but it's like, and then I worked in the restaurant industry. I was like, oh, we don't store any of these ketchups in the fridge. They all are stored at room temperature. Like, so it's interesting how we all have like kind of different like thermometers in our brain of what's normal and what's not normal. And it's not until we start to hear other people's thought patterns or other people's like how they shifted things to be like, oh, I think I do that. Or I think I don't do that. Or you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, totally. That's that's such a good point. I remember the the ketchup story in your book and I was like, that is so true because for me, I'm a ketchup in the fridge girl. So in the cupboard, I remember that as a kid being like, that is so wrong and- Wrong, right? <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's like right and wrong. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, okay, well, yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. It's, it's really so powerful, especially because- I want to speak a bit on the social media side of things because you brought that up a little bit. And it's so true that, you know, as an outsider or sorry, yeah, as an outsider looking on to someone's life on social media, especially like we see, oh, they're so happy. They're so successful. Look at them living their life. And like social media is just not real. And it's so true. It's like so many people are either putting up a facade or that's all they know, or they're like, you know, hiding how they really feel. And to be fair, like social media, it doesn't always need to be, you know, like we're not obviously going to share every single thing about our lives. That's not the point. But like looking into someone's life, you have to remember that's not the full story, right? Mm -hmm. Because even just to use like myself or you as an example, someone coming to, for example, your Instagram, like, you embody confidence and that's amazing. But I, you know, without knowing you or reading your book, I would have never known anything about you, right? Of your childhood and everything you went through. And that's just like, it almost gives me goosebumps because we're all human beings at the end of the day and we all have our struggles and it doesn't matter to what, you know, degree or anything. We all have our stories and what, you know, gave us our our narratives and, and all these things. But social media is can be really, really amazing, but it can also be really toxic in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like uh, anytime I'm having a really bad day and I'm like crying or like thinking my life, I'm like, I'm not as far as I wanted to be. And I'm not as successful as I wanted to be yet. And I haven't done all these things, like those types of thoughts, you know, like I often, when I'm having those, I just remind myself, cause I think it can feel really isolating when you're having those moments where you're like crying alone and feeling like your life is a failure or you're just like, not even sure what direction you're headed or things like that. Um, you think you're the only one who feels like that, but I just always like in those moments, I'm like, Janelle, like Tony Robbins felt like this. Oprah felt like that. Like there are all kinds of people who are huge thought leaders in the world that are like mega famous that have had moments like this and still do. That's the other thing is I'm like, it's not like I just use those two people as an example, but you can kind of insert whoever like people, whatever thought leaders that you think like have it all together. Like you think that those people have it all together and that their life is perfect just because they've reached a level of fame or a level of success and stuff like that. But I'm like, there's no way that you just lose all negative emotions the moment you become successful in every aspect of your life. Right. And I know that to be true. Cause I'm like, you know, I feel like a lot of times, like I'd put, let's see, like an example would be like, I used to want to live in San Diego when I lived in Colorado and then I moved here. And like, you think that that's going to solve all your problems is like moving to the place you like dreamed of moving. 
And do I love living here? And am I so proud I moved here and I like love living my best life here? Yes. But have I moved here and also still had struggle and still cry and still have hard days? Yes. And then when I was single, I thought, okay, well, like, I think like, I, I don't think I really thought this, but maybe part of my brain thought that like, when you have your husband, then like, and you're just like in this amazing relationship, then like life just becomes easier. And then there's like no more pain or something like that. And then, you know, now I'm married and we love marriage and things are amazing. And I still have days where I cry and feel pain and feel sadness and feel loneliness or things like that, you know? And so I I know that I'm like, I see how much success I've achieved in my life, um, you know, in my career and in my marriage and living in San Diego and all these cool things that I'm so proud of myself and I'm so proud of my life. And I still have days that are hard and I still have days that I cry and I still have days that are painful and I still have days that are confusing and isolating and whatever. So that just goes to show me that it's like, there's no amount of success you can achieve that's going to all of a sudden alleviate all pain and all, you know, all of that. And so it's just like not feeling shame around it when you have those days and not beating yourself up and not being like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? It's being like, you're freaking normal. Congratulations. Welcome to the human experience. Yeah. You're a human (laughs) being. Like, (laughs) welcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's so true. I'm so glad you brought all that up because it's like, uh, it's so true. Even you know, I've, I've been really tough on myself lately. And I've recognized that also, like, no one has it all together. No one has it all figured out all the time. You know, those thoughts of like, who am I? What am I even doing? The, the, I'm not far enough narrative that I'm not good enough. I'm not working hard enough. It's just like, all that is doing is adding more resistance and suffering to our life. When in reality, we can just, you know, accept, okay, like I'm going to have tough days doesn't make me it doesn't make my life bad it right doesn't make me like not worthy it's just like you said literally part of the human experience and I like how you brought up the examples of like oh when I moved here I thought like oh I'm gonna be like so happy no negative thoughts or when I get married this is what's gonna happen and it's th- that's so true right like we are just putting our lives on hold for like when this happens then I'll be you know sunshine and rainbows all the time or same thing with the body image topic like when I achieve this body then I'm going to be happy and it's just like ah that's just not it's never ever ever the case right like if you can't be enough for yourself right now then you're never going to be enough for yourself you know like the beat up sessions will continue even when you lose the 10 pounds then when you leave lose 10 more like it'll never you'll you can have the best body in the world and still like I've been amazed sometimes like I used to be in the modeling industry and I like literally couldn't believe how some of the models would like talk about themselves. And I'd be looking at them being like, my gosh, you look amazing. <laughs> like, How are you talking to yourself like that? And then it made me uncomfortable because I'm like, you know, it's kind of like the mean girls moment where you're like, I have bad breath in the mornings. Like you're like, what should I, I guess I should be beating myself up for something. I don't know. Like I didn't want to beat myself up, but I guess because everyone else is, I should, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like, then you're just going to put yourself forever on a, a future, like the future version of me will be so much happier. The future version. It's like, how can you be that right now? And I think that it's twofold. Like everything we're talking about, there's like the acknowledging of your emotions and acknowledging that it's okay for it to suck. And it's like choosing not to stay there. Cause that's the thing is if you just stay there, if you just like what you focus on, you create more of period, what you focus on, you create more of. So if you're just focusing on how much it sucks and you just continue to like talk about the negative emotions, talk about the negative emotions, talk about at some point, you've got to start to shift the narrative and focus on gratitude 
and focus on the things that you're proud of yourself for and focus on your, what you're celebrating and what your accomplishments have been and things like that, where you're, um, you know, again, I don't, I don't ever want anyone to numb those things that aren't pretty. I think it's so important to feel both, um, you know, the negative things and to feel the positive, but like, if you've been in the negative for a while, you can only sit there for so long. And that's why like, um, back when I used to do one-on-one coaching more, like a lot of my clients who worked with therapists, sometimes they didn't see as much progress. They like, they would see like, like I had one client, she went to a therapist for 10 years, but then we worked together for like, I think we worked together for four to six months and she saw more growth in those four to six months than in the 10 years, because what I focus on is positive psychology. So I'm like, I'm going to let you like share some negative stuff, but then we're going to like start to talk about like what's going well. And we're going to start to rewire your brain and start to get your neural pathways on a different, um, a different pathway, because how long are you going to sit here and just talk about the pain? How long are you going to sit here and talk about the suffering? How long are you going to be a victim to your circumstances? You can't keep just talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking like at some point you've got to start to choose to see the light. You've got to start to see like, what can you be proud of yourself for? Even if you haven't lost the weight yet, or what can you appreciate about your body when you look in the mirror, even if you don't have the body you quite want yet, like what can you love about yourself? Because there's something lovable about you. There's numerous things. And so many of my clients, like it's crazy how sometimes I'll ask clients like, make a list of 10 things you love about yourself. And some people can only think of like three things. And I'm like, I've known you for literally 15 seconds. And I can tell you 10 things I already like about your personality. And that I think that you could love about yourself because I'm already seeing those things. and I'm already appreciating those things about you. So like really taking that time to like, not just focus on the negative, you know, to, to focus on the, what are you grateful for? What do you love about yourself? What are you proud about yourself for? Yeah, the reprogramming is so important, right? Because it's it's so true. If you're feeding that narrative, you're right. Like you're just creating more of it. And so if you, one thing I always say is like, try in those moments to just kind of pause when that negative thought or whatever comes up. And then it's like, how can you rewrite that for yourself, right? Like it's just a matter of replacing the negative with something that's, you know, going to actually uplift you. So what would you say like, on a level of, you know, someone, someone, someone's listening to this and they want to build their confidence. Like where should they start? Like what's something simple that everyone can kind of get on board with? Would you say? Yeah. Well, something I was thinking about when you started talking about reprogramming is I do have a free masterclass that really is all about how to reprogram your mindset. So we can link that below. I think that'd be a really great place to start because there's journaling throughout. And so that's a really powerful, um, masterclass. Um, and if you're wanting something even more simple that you can do literally as this you know podcast ends and it's like a one minute activity or a two minute activity, I think um, I really do think it starts with making that list of things you love about yourself. I know that sounds so like maybe cheesy, but if you can't think of a list, like let's say, like I said, like make a list of ten things, ten to twenty things that you love about yourself. Honestly, if you can get to twenty, that would be better um, than ten. But if you're kind of newer to the self love stuff, maybe you start with ten because again, I know so many of my clients like had a really hard time getting to 10. Um, and this is all like within my Academy confident life Academy, we, we go through all of this stuff, but, um, I would make a list of 10 things you love about yourself. And if you can only get to like six or something like that, whatever your number is again, don't beat yourself up. That's not the point of this, but then start to ask other people what they love about you. Like ask your mom or a sibling or a best friend or, 
a coworker and, you know, if you don't want to ask a coworker, what do you love about me? You can just be like, Hey, what are some things that you appreciate about me at work or something like that? Like there's ways you can word it more professionally, but start to like get a, um, like an index almost, or like a, a list of things that people are appreciating about you and that they love about you, you know, your significant other, et cetera. And when they're telling you the really important part is to, to like, just allow yourself to receive it. And so when they say it, don't try to be like, oh, I don't know about that. Or oh, not really. Or don't start laughing. Laughing is a, a form of like being nervous. So don't be like laughing while they're saying it. I just want you to sit there and just stay quiet. Just receive, stay open. And as they're telling it to you, make your mental notes, right? Okay. And it might not feel true for you right in that moment. Like you might not be like, I'm not really like that. Cause maybe you've been so negative to yourself for so long that like, it's hard for you to actually believe what they're saying about you is true. Um, but what I want you to do is then go, you know, go home or go into your phone and write out the words that they said and, and get in the habit of like, okay, now I'm going to speak that over myself. So take, take those 10 things, especially the ones that you don't yet believe about yourself or that you're having a harder time believing and receiving and start speaking that over yourself in the form of affirmations and just saying, I am a great listener, or I am a consistent friend or whatever it is, like whatever feedback someone gave you start to say, I am sentences and start to rewire your brain because you've, you have been on a neural pathway. Like I think of when I talk about pathways, I always think of like, if you're in like a forest or something like that, and there's green grass if you've like walked on a pathway over and over and over again, the green grass obviously fades away and there's like a dirt path there because you've walked it a million times. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to start walking a new path, then you're going to need to start walking through a new patch of grass. And for a while, it's still going to be grass. It's still going to be grass. But as you start to walk it over and over and over again, you'll create that new dirt pathway and the old dirt pathway will start to grow over again with new you know, grass and plants and life and everything like that. So your goal in your brain is when you're doing affirmations, it's like a placebo pill for your brain. And it's choosing to start walking that new, that new path in, in the forest, even though it feels uncomfortable. And even though it doesn't feel real yet, it will begin to feel real. The more you repeat it to yourself. I love that. That's a really good analogy. I love the, I love the visuals of that because it's so true. Like at first, when you start doing it, it either feels not true or just foreign. Right. And of course it will, because that's not either what you're used to doing or yeah, you're so programmed to that old pathway. Um, but I think that's so important. And like you mentioned earlier too, it's like, it's showing up for yourself, like taking that responsibility of like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be mean to myself anymore. Something needs to change and just getting really clear on kind of what your why is behind it right like why do I want to embark on this new journey it's like with anything it's with same thing with food freedom it's the same thing with body image same thing with confidence it's like why do I want to live a more abundant empowered life because it's going to give me these feelings or it's going to help me show up for this or it's just going to help me be more present whatever it is it's like we have to take responsibility for what's going on up here too right mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like the premise of everything I teach is that your beliefs lead to your thoughts, your thoughts lead to your actions and your actions lead to your results. So if it's not like, if, if for you, you're kind of like, okay, this is all nice, but like, what's the point? What I would say is like, look at what area of your life you're lacking a results. So are you single and you wish you could attract an amazing significant other, but you keep attracting toxic people. Okay, cool. So there's some beliefs and thoughts that are blocking you 
from getting the result that you want. So you need to retrain your beliefs and thoughts. That's your why. And then your new result will become attracting a man who treats you like a queen. If you're struggling with body image issues and you're constantly looking in the mirror and, and talking crap to yourself, then that's your, that's your result. Right. And even, um, like I really believe as you begin to speak more lovingly to yourself, that the weight can more easily just fall off. And it's not about like, um, just only simple. I know nutrition matters. I know movement matters, all these things. I used to be a personal trainer. I get it, but I love, there's a book called you can heal your life. And Louise Hay talks a lot about like your thought patterns. And I really do believe that as you change how you talk to yourself, the weight can actually more organically fall, you know, release off of you. Not to say that you need to have any certain body type, but let's say that you're maybe at a a less healthy body weight than you'd like to be. And you just want to be healthier. And your focus is just being a healthy human being. Um, again, it comes back to those beliefs and those thoughts, and that's going to allow you to shape your actions and your results. Um, same goes for your career and making money. Like if you, um, if your finances are not where you want them to be, and let's say you have a lot of debt and you don't understand your spending habits and why do you keep like over shopping on Amazon and you always have these Amazon packages, but oh crap, like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Why don't I have an emergency fund? Whatever, like whatever your financial stuff is like, look at what are your beliefs around money is, do you believe that money is hard to manage? Do you believe that money is scary? That money is daunting? Like money is hard to come by. What are the thought patterns that you're having, the beliefs that you're having that are impacting your results? So that's why I do the work that I do is that I love helping people think about what are the thought patterns that are blocking them from getting the end result that they want to your point. Yeah, absolutely. And on the point too of like the body image side of things and, you know, having a healthy body, it's so true that our thoughts hold energy. And Mm -hmm. I fully believe that when we're like obsessed over something or we're stressed over something, of course, that's just going to create more of this negative kind of festering that's going on in the body internally, externally. And, and that also just creates so much disease within the body. And that's like, Mm -hmm. our thoughts are insanely powerful in that regard so like everything we just talked about really like shifting things can change so so much for you not only in you know how your life feels and how you show up but also with your health and longevity and you know being strong and all these things so it really is all of this stuff I I love it and believe so much fully in it so that's why I'm like so glad you came and chatted with me all this stuff is so so important and you're doing amazing work empowering women and yeah we just have to keep spreading these messages right yeah totally and I was thinking I was like I guess I kind of left everyone a little bit on a cliffhanger on my story because I kind of just left everyone in the low of like I was like thinking dark thoughts and so it's kind of like wait so uh how are you doing what you're doing now like how did you get to where you are Um, and so I know, and I know we're wrapping up. So I'll just say very quickly, what ended up happening is that I did end up bringing those dark thoughts out into the light to some mentors of mine. And they were, they were the ones who spoke life and spoke truth over me. And they told me that, um, you know, the creator makes you on purpose. Like there's a reason why your life is here. Um, your creator has a plan and a purpose for your life. And, um, yeah, you're made for life and life to the fullest. And so like them, it was like kind of a twofold thing where like one, them speaking that truth over me. And then two, um, 
the husband actually was a husband and a wife. He actually used to have similar thoughts as me. And so it made me feel like one, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. And then two, like, as he was speaking, as they were both speaking that truth over me, it was like really hitting home. And so from that day on, like that was when in 2014. So it was like when I was graduating college from that day on, like everything changed. And so that's when, like, after that night, I broke up with my six-year boyfriend. I moved to California. I changed my entire career path, like two years after graduating from college with a totally different degree. Um, I started my own business. Like everything just started to change for me because I started to really believe that my life actually matters. And I found out about the power of the brain. So that's why I do what I do. And obviously you'll get more, You, if you you know buy my book or if you do the masterclass, you'll learn even more about um, my story and kind of like the, the details of it all. But yeah, I just love talking about the power of the brain. So if any of this like stuff is like resonating with you, um, you know, limiting beliefs are coming to the head right now and you're overcoming them, please like reach out to either myself or obviously I know Marissa would love to hear from you guys too, but it's just like, I love when people are like, oh my gosh, listen to this episode. And this is what came up for me. Thank you so much, you know, or whatever. Like just, I just love to hear the breakthrough. So if you had any kind of type of breakthrough, please reach out to us. Cause we want to hear about it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to put all of Janelle's info in the description. So like her masterclass, as she mentioned her book, because it's so, so good. And it's just like, yeah, you're like, I was saying before we started the episode, you're a great storyteller. And I like, I love reading, but it was just, it's a very, like, I don't want to say easy read, but I was like in it from the get-go. So I really <laughs> recommend reading it. Honestly, it's so, so good. Um, And your Instagram, I'm going to share so that, yeah, if you want to reach out to Janelle, like she's amazing. She is just such a good woman to have in your corner and in your circle. So again, thank you so much for joining. And um, yeah, we're going to have to maybe uh, have you on again because I love this conversation so much. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we just got started. We could yeah, keep like, we could just going all day, right? <laughs> totally, totally. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're amazing, Marissa. And thank you to everyone who took this time out of their day to listen. I just, I, I know there's like a million places our time could be. So the fact that you invested this time in yourself and this time that like you invested in listening to this conversation, just be really proud of yourself and just remind yourself like you're the type of woman who cares about herself and loves about herself and does things to better herself. So just confirm all the ways that you're amazing because you chose to invest this time in yourself. Yes, I love it. We need to love ourselves more. So thank you guys so much for joining in. Thank you, Janelle and stay nourished, fam.